Now, here's your hosts, Jim and Robert. Birds as art. What was, the, what was that? Arthur Morris, Birds as Art. Oh, there you birds go. Birds as Art. It's, hey. become, it's become part of my name. Okay. Well, welcome back to another episode of Photo Facts Podcast. That was actually Arthur Morris right there doing an intro on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. We're, this is going to be a wrap-up show for yeah. Photo Expo in Memphis right. with Bedford's camera. And we're going to go ahead and finish up with Arthur. And we're going to talk about his presentation, his program. But, uh, of course, by the time this goes live, you're not going to have time to get down here for everything. But just understand that you may have missed one of the most important photo workshop events and trade show of the Mississippi area. I don't know Memphis how. Area, I, I don't Tennessee. even know how far I was going with that. <laughs> I was exhausted. It's been amazing right, right now. Well, we're, we're, we're glad to be here. We appreciate Bedford's uh, having us out here. And it's been a great show. I've had a great time. And I've heard a lot of positive feedback. So I really appreciate, uh, you know, the guys having us out. So no, it's been great. What was been, what was been your favorite part of this particular expo, Jim? Beale Street. You know Beale Street what? Beale great. Street, you are absolutely correct. Yep. I, that was one of my highlights. We did a photo walk yep. slash shootout on Beale Street mm-hmm. last night. And it was... Well, I have to tell you, it was entertaining more often than not. So be yes. sure to check out the photos online. Yeah. And uh, without further ado, would you like to introduce our desk, our guest? I think we already did, but that's well, cool. Hey, Arthur, <laughs> glad to have you on, have you on the show. I, I apologize, I have not looked you up to find anything out, but I'm going to do it right now as we're speaking. No worries. The so. interesting part of Birds's art is that I was teaching school in New York City in. From 1971 through 92 or 3, and in the late 80s, 88, 89, I was talking to my wife, Elaine, I want to be a professional bird photographer. I don't want to die in Bushwick or be 65 years old and teaching in the ghetto. I want to be a professional bird photographer. (laughs) And she sort of put me off for a while, and then one day she had a bad day in class with the supposedly bright class, and she said, screw it, I've had enough of this. (laughs) <laughs> so by a miracle, we were able to get joint sabbaticals from the Board of Education. We traveled in 92, 93. We got home in the end of June, 93. And as I'm going to say in the program, in starting in 15 minutes, if anyone had said to me that Elaine was going to find a lump in her left breast and be dead in 15 months, I would have fallen off my chair laughing. I'm blessed. What are you talking yeah. about? Well. But, but that's exactly what happened. <laughs> oh, so really? She, so she was gone. But the but the birds' art comes from the late ni- the late eighties, eighty eight, eighty nine. And going, I need a name for my business. Everybody has reflections of nature's nature's reflections. Oh, yes, yes. No, nobody knows who the hell is who. And she said, Well, you're Arthur Artie Art. You work as artistic and you like birds. And she blurts out, Birds is art. And I said, oh, my God, babe, you got it. Birds is art. So every time I snap the shutter, Birds is art is recorded as the, uh, the copyright. Uh-huh. So Elaine lives on. And there she was go. just my best friend, and I miss her to this day. 24 years coming up. Oh, wow. We're sorry to hear that. But November. Can you tell us one thing? What was the one thing that Elaine did to inspire you to continue photography? Oh, God, she, she was my best friend and my biggest supporter. 
my former wife, who I'm actually friends with, mother of my two wonderful daughters, she used to say, that author, he gets up 4 o'clock in the morning and he stays out photographing till 9 o'clock at night. There's something wrong with him. <laughs> and Elaine used to say, my author, he gets up 4 o'clock in the morning and he stays out till 9 o'clock. He's so determined and he works so hard. You watch, he's going to be the best bird photographer in the world. <laughs> oh. So she had high stands. Speaking of great photography, the programs here, the keynotes, have been amazing. Patrick Murphy, Murphy Racy oh, was amazing. amazing. Lindsay, 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 Lindsay Adler. Lindsay Adler, easy for you to say. <laughs> I was an instructor at a NAMPA, North American Nation Photographers Association, yes, I conference that well. in. 17 years ago, somewhere, and Lindsay was a student. And that's the last time I laid eyes on her until yesterday. And when wow. I went up to give her a hug, she knew exactly who I was. That's uh, crazy. Isn't that a crazy story? Yeah. <laughs> Lucas was amazing, and Elia was amazing. And the interesting part to me, I mean, Bedford's did an amazing job with this lineup. I'm sort of... Uh, in awe a little bit of following these four folks, even though I've done a zillion of these shows. Right, right. And I think I'm pretty funny, so. <laughs> but if you consider the four speakers and consider that I don't photograph anything that they photograph. I do basically birds and some wildlife. Right. And they were doing travel and adventure and waterfalls and kayaks and people with all this lighting mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. Lindsay's creativity with yeah. costuming and stuff. But if you look at everybody, amazing speakers, inspirational, all four of them work like dogs, talented as could be, right. passionate about what they do, wonderful speakers, interesting, funny. So we'll see how I do. Hey, I think oh, I think great. you're going to do I, fine. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be awesome. I think you'll do great. So give us just like... Uh, Three things, because our listeners obviously are not going to be able to see your program, your presentation in the next 10 minutes. Three things really quickly that would be great tips for them if they were going to photograph birds. Oh, it's funny that you ask that, because when I think of my program, it's almost more about life mm. than about how to photograph. Oh, How blessed I've been for 35 years to be photographing birds. Right. And since 1993 to be making... an. A, an amazing living doing what I love traveling around the world and then having had the one major tragedy of losing Elaine mm -hmm. and then I was sort of fine with that right after her death I only sobbed for seven years <laughs> I meet people and they go oh Arthur Morris Birds is art and they go yeah but the only person who loved me is dead and I'd start crying oh, for seven wow. years and then I found this amazing website online thanks to a, a doctor friend in San Diego. And the lady's name is Byron Katie. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. No, her website is thework.com. And her deal is, who would we be without our story? And she teaches you just a simplistic method of whatever's stressing you out, whatever's bothering you. Elaine shouldn't have died of asking four questions and examining the turnarounds to say if they, they could be to see if they could be more true than what's bothering you and finding peace. So wow. After um, that 7 years, I started doing the work on Elaine's death and I found a lot of peace 
And then a year and a half ago in March, I had the privilege of attending a school for the work that was taught by Byron Katie. So I got to give her a hug and tell her a bunch of stories. Mm. And that was life-changing. And then uh, I'll also include in tonight's program the story of my two artistic grandchildren and my wonderful daughter, Alyssa. So a lot about life. As far as birds, biggest tip I could give them is go to my blog every day, www.birdsisart-blog.com. For a while, I was completely insane. I had <laughs> streaks of more than, a, I don't know my biggest streak, I think 540 days in a row with a new, a new blog post, maybe 600. Wow. Oh. Then, I had another, then I had another streak of more than a year. And then I decided to blog every other day. So a tremendous educational value there. What do we teach them? Exposed to the right, point your shadow at the bird, pray for cloudy days, <laughs> and about 8,000 8, other things that I think nobody listens to, judging by the fact that when I go out to places, my big thing is when it's sunny, for the most part, if you're shooting frontlit subjects, you need to point your shadow roughly at the bird. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can work 10 or 15 degrees off sun angle, but when you're photographing 90 degrees off the sun, you're almost going to do. I have about three that are, three side light images that I like in 35 years, mm. and this really? August, this August 7th will be 35 years since I bought my first lens, my first telephoto lens. That really? is crazy! <clears throat> wow, amazing. So, story. hang on, we got to. <clears throat> I know what you're talking about, but I want to make sure we explain the lens. The our listeners, listeners expo exposed to the right, because that's a film term. Well, not really. Uh, it can still be applied to digital. No, I think it's a digital concept, basically. When digital first came out, people said, this is great. Underexpose a little, and you'll never burn the whites. Because the problem with film was you had to really understand exposure to put the whites in the white place. And I, I say this. I hate film. I wish I never knew the word. <laughs> and... and any film scan I've ever seen, no matter how perfect the original photograph, you, there's problems with the whites. Yes. But with digital, a thousand times better. So people would say, oh, with film, with, with digital, just underexpose, and then you can open it up in Photoshop. That, in, that was in the beginning of digital photography in mm -hmm. the early 2000s, turn of the century. What people didn't realize was that when you take that course of underexposing and then opening it up in Photoshop, all you're doing is introducing digital noise by definition. Yeah. So now we've taught people to push the histogram to the right, even to the point of blinkies. I, I, I think I mentioned when we first met, I was a Canon contract photographer. I was an explorer of light for 18 years. I got let go five years ago. And eventually, four years later or so, I switched to Nikon. Uh -huh. And everyone on my blog was having an apoplexy. They <clears throat> were accusing me of dastardly things. And how could you have told us that Canon was great? And I just said, hey, I'm just using the best equipment. What's best for me at this minute in time. Right. Correct. Absolutely. And, and, go, and one another point, another point, the four keynotes. Let's see. Uh, Lindsay was sponsored by Canon. Correct. Patrick was sponsored by... He's Fuji, isn't he? Sony. Sony. No, Patrick, Sony. I'm sorry. Sony, yes. Uh, Lucas was sponsored by Nikon. And Elia was sponsored by Fujifilm. Well, wow, Guess look what? at that. 
yeah. what's in your heart and in your brain and what drives you and your passion is what made all of those people great, not what camera they had. Exactly. And, you know, wow. PMR will tell you the same thing. He shot Canon and Nikon. And, you know, I really connected with Patrick because he's sort of living. I, <laughs> I, he shot for Sports Illustrated. Right. Do I right. have to say anything more for a kid from Brooklyn <laughs> who does photography? And then he was shooting for SI. And now the same thing that's happened to, the, to a great part of the industry has happened to the big assignments where right, everything's right. done by Getty mm-hmm, or the wire mm-hmm. services and those independent contractor photographers who were really so skilled. They're uh, yeah, they're having a difficult time getting good, good paid work. It's funny, I did a slide this afternoon for my program, which I'm going to use. I'm a big Billy Joel fan. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he says, some, in the entertainer, he says something to the effect of, so they put me in the back on the discount rack like another can of beans. And that's how I felt when I got that phone call from Stephen and Gleema of Canon that he had to let me go. He was being forced to let me go as an explorer. And then if you understand the political <clears throat> behind decisions like this, within a short time, Steve himself was fired. Wow. Oh, wow. So I am sorry to hear that. So <laughs> well, what drove your switch to Nikon? One of the things that the work teaches us mm-hmm. is that whatever happens is the best thing that could happen because that's reality. Whoa. So This is oh, going to be a hell of a wrap-up here, Jim. Wait a second. Man. So I got let go by Canon. That's the end of the world. I'm losing 10000 bucks a year, and not, I'm not going to be able to speak at these great events anymore because they don't sponsor me anymore. Is it true? Well, I'm here today. Is it the worst thing that could have happened? Their support was nice, and they were amazingly generous. But if I were under contract to Canon, I was forbade to use Nikon gear. Mm-hmm. Correct. So after a few years, I borrowed a, 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 little, a D5 and a 200 to 500 and went to San Diego, and I said, excuse me, every flight picture is sharp on the eyes. What is this about? So, and that, if you know, if you, if you speak to the serious Canon shooters, their big complaint is the, the inconsistency of tracking autofocus, AI servo AF. Correct. With your mirror slap up and down and you yeah, have your secondary mirror. But Nikon has the same thing, but the pictures are... Um, what I'm going to say in the program tonight, and I think we'll close on this because i got to go get set up. Oh, yeah. yes, you do. Uh, yes, you do. Is that with Canon, if I had 10 or 12 flight shots of a given bird and I saw a really nice wing position, I'd pray that that one was sharp. Right. And rarely was... You know, nine out of ten were not sharp, critically sharp. And then when I shot that D200, uh, the, I'm sorry, the D5 and the 200 to 500 in San Diego, I mean, I knew from the instant that autofocus picked up the first bird right. that I was switching without really? seeing a picture. Just the way autofocus grabbed and held, whereas Canon would be kind of hunting in and back out and, forth. and struggling. So, and when I saw the pictures on the computer, I said, if it were a prize fight, right. the heavyweight championship between Canon and Nikon for birds in flight, God forgive me because Canon was so good for me, but if it were a prize fight, they would stop it at the weigh-in. Whoa. <laughs> for me. And subsequent to my switch, a bunch of Canon folks who are 
amazing flight photographers, young and strong, hand-holding 600. Almost across the board, they've switched oh, wow. to Nikon and doing even more amazing things and more consistently. Now, is Canon the better system for you? I mean, there's lots of things Canon... That would be a choice that person has to make. Lots of things Canon does better. I have lots of gripes with Nikon. But I'm loving life because I love what is. And Byron Katie says happiness is a choice. So if you want to be a miserable, unhappy son of a bitch, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to end on that note. And we really appreciate everybody that actually showed up the show. Jim, I got to tell you, that was pretty inspirational on the way out. Yeah. And Arthur, thanks so much for being here. We look forward to your program here in about 10 minutes. We're going to have Let's Make a Deal. And then we're going to wrap up this show. And we'll see you guys very soon. Thank thanks you, a everybody. Lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.